Welcome to the podcast, 20. Going on 50. This is Lawson Campy, your 20-year-old Gen Y. And Rich Campy, your 50-year-old Gen X. This podcast is focused on bridging the multi-generational gap within business. We'll be highlighting business owners, influential leaders, executives, and more in 20. Going on 50. Randy Joyner is not just a golf coach at Ballantine Country Club in Charlotte, North Carolina. He is a Class A member of PGA of America, has played events on both PGA Tour and Web.com Tour, has been a PGA Tour coach since 2008, coaches players on the PGA, Web, and LPGA Tours. His students have included three PGA Tour wins, as well as four Web.com Tour wins. He gets to coach professional athletes from the MLB, NBA, NFL, and NASCAR. He is a 13-time PGA Teacher of the Year nominee, author of two books, and has made many guest appearances on numerous TV, radio shows, and golf events. All right, very excited to be here with Randy Joyner, uh, a friend, but also a business owner, professional golfer, and leads a lot of uh, PGA Tour players to excellent leadership, uh, both on the greens and off the greens. So welcome, Randy. We're excited to be with you. Thanks, Rich. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, it's great. So tell us a little bit more about what you're up to, what's happening in your PGA world and your golfing. Well, I've got, I think I'm on uh, 20 two years now uh, of professional golf, um, both on the teaching and playing side. I I started out on the playing side, started teaching as well when I was in college, and then played both on the PGA Tour and the what is now the Corn Ferry Tour. It's changed names about four times between web.com and buy.com, and it was a lot of dot-coms, but um, but played on both those tours a bit, and and since 08, I've been coaching tour players on both tours as well. So uh, I do that. I'm currently starting my 10th year as director of instruction at Ballantyne Country Club uh, here in Charlotte. Excellent. And I think you've coached some of the winning tour players, I think, like the Wells Fargo not too long ago, right? Right. Yeah. Derek Ernst uh, won the Wells Fargo Championship 2014 as a student of mine, has been for a number of years. So I've got Derek and about six other guys between both tours out there right now. So that keeps me busy throughout the tour season for sure. Excellent. I know there's a lot of similarities, Randy, that we've talked about in leadership, running a company, and playing golf. What are some of those similarities that you've seen from the greens to the to the corporate world or the business world? Well, it's interesting on my side, on the coaching side. I've always called myself and, and kind of tagged myself more as a coach than a teacher. You hear a lot of a lot of the guys, the professionals that, that do golf instruction, call themselves teachers. Well, in my opinion, and, and again, it's just my opinion, a a teacher, is someone that, for lack of a better term, kind of barks commands at you, and you, and you think about the education system now, which I'm not sure is the right way to teach kids. Is it's there's a lot of lecturing, a lot of a lot of instruction, so to speak. I'm more of a coach, and the way I describe it, and I describe it to tour players, and as well as my all my amateur clients as well is I'm going to take you into the room, but I'm not necessarily going to tell you what to look at. I'm going to lead you there, but I'm not going to necessarily give you the how. Um, I'm going to get you there so that you find your own how that works for you. Um, And I think that's extremely important, not only in golf, but in business. What I find golf industry has gotten extremely technical on the instruction side, and I think too much so. I use no video when I coach. My tour players, I don't use any video with them, and I definitely don't with the amateur, nor do I use a lot of the track man, the ball launch monitor equipment that you see nowadays. I don't do any of that because it's my belief that you can't go play with any of that, and it really doesn't matter what it looks like. I care much more what the ball does. You know, a number of years ago, I ran a thing called Tour Techniques, 
which is what my website is, tourtechniques.com. And it's a kind of a play on words because my whole idea is to take technical out of technique and, and, and make the technique your own, which I think is huge in, in business and not only golf, is it's, it's very individual. Golf is a very individual sport, and you never see two players look alike. You take a baseball pitcher. All their motions look different, but they're after the same goal. And, and you've got to find kind of your niche. You've got to find what works for you to get the ball in the hole, so to speak to shoot the lowest score you can or to do whatever you're trying to, to do in business, whether it's uh, produce results or make sales or what have you. Yeah, that, that's a great point because I think we can get so systemic and structured trying to get everyone to be the same. I know the recent Gallup polls came out that show 85% of the worldwide workforce are disengaged with what they're doing. And they attribute that to is, is not enough strengths-based leadership, meaning like we create too many systemic processes of trying to fit people into a box instead of really taking their natural gifts and bringing those out. So it sounds like you you put people sort of into the environment and then let their natural place come out. Yeah, 100%. The golf industry, and it's not really to throw rocks at the golf industry, it's just kind of what's happened. I think it happened in, uh, in, in a number of industries. But I think too often things get pigeonholed and everybody tries to stick everybody in that certain box. And, and what's very interesting, when you look through and, you know, basically with – with me being on the golf side, the, the great thing with me um, through my career is I've been able to become friends with a lot of professional athletes from other sports. And what's very interesting is the guys that are the Hall of Famers, every one of them to a man, were very simplistic in how they approached their particular sport. i give an example. John Smoltz uh, played a lot of golf with John and Hall of Fame pitcher you know, for the Atlanta Braves for years. And, and John, who was also a great golfer, when John first came to the Atlanta Braves, Leo Mazzoni was his pitching coach. And John was very technical in how he approached pitching. It got to the point to where Leo actually told him, just throw the ball. And literally, Smoltzy just all of a sudden started to get rid of the mechanics and the techniques and just be more aware of what was going on in the game situations and aware of what he felt in certain situations to throw a pitch. And all of a sudden, he became the John Smoltz that we all know. And, and I think awareness is a huge word. And I think that's missing largely in golf, especially at a tour level. I think a lot of the younger guys still haven't figured out how important awareness is and how important that is to your overall game. And I, I know it would be the same in business. And that's something I learned from Nicholas. Nicholas always said, he said he never felt like he ever concentrated. He just felt like he was aware. So in tournament conditions, he just felt like he was aware of what was going on. And that's what produced the results, you know, that we all know now is 18 majors and to this point, the greatest player that's ever lived. But he never really overthought the game, which is something else I see with all these professional athletes. They, they have a knowledge of what they're doing, but they don't really think about it. It's interesting. There, there's a lot less thought the higher the level of play of these guys in professional sports. And I think that's probably the case in business. If you really study the guys that are successful, they know what they're doing. But they found their niche and they keep it simple. And I think it's, it's crazy. My generation, hearing you speak, people are, are so worked up about, you know, how much can I do and stuff like that and not just simple stuff. You know, they're trying to go above and beyond and worried about what other people think. stuff. And when you break it down, you know, you just do the simple stuff and you get more awareness in the back end. And that's one of the biggest things, I think. Absolutely. I think you're exactly right, Austin. It's, it's, you know, you look at some of the greatest coaches and I, and I study a lot of these guys because it helps me on my end. I love to study other sports. 
I see what other coaches do. You look at a you look at a Bill Belichick, and I'm not a Patriots fan, but when I look at a Bill Belichick and what he's done with that organization, uh, it's amazing to me. And he's got he's always had this one tagline, which is just do your job, um, and he keeps everything extremely simple. You look at Nick Saban in Alabama, which is you know kind of a bad example this year, but but Nick Saban with all the national championships that he's won, if you go watch one of their practices. His practices are two hours to the second, and they work on the little things. If you watched an Alabama football practice, it would be no different than what you would see in an eight- or nine-year-old Pop Warner practice. It's amazing just the little things they work on. You would think that an Alabama organization or a, or a, you know, a New England Patriots organization would be working on these, these way advanced, very technical plays and doing all this stuff during the week to prepare for games, but it's actually the little things. It's the small things that, that make the biggest difference. And that's where I think it's kind of missing in, in all realms is everybody thinks, well, I've got to do it. I've got to find the most technical route I can, and the smarter I get, the more knowledge I have, the better I'm going to get. And it's not always that way. I think you need to be more skillful, not necessarily more knowledgeable. There's a difference there. Yeah, and do you see that for my generation when, because I know you coach a lot of young guys, you said, do you see that coming from them as their first practice, for instance? Hey, Randy, I've seen all these tour players golf, you know, I want to swing like this or I want to hit the ball this way. What do you do with them compared to tour players? The same thing. Yeah, absolutely. I do the same. It's it's interesting. And even a lot of the tour players, the younger tour players, um, definitely do this. They have this. I want, and I think a lot of it's the, the the technological world we live in now with cell phones and being able to grab information, you know, right at our fingertips. They want the results immediately. There, there's not as much of the work ethic that you that you would have seen out of the older players. They want the results right now. They they don't see that you have to lay the foundation, so to speak, put the walls on the house to get the roof to get to the top. Mm-hmm. And I don't see the work ethic, the motivation out of the younger generation that I, that I have in the past. And, and I think that's concerning a little bit. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you what's interesting, and, I, and I'm all my tour guys about this, especially the younger tour guys. I want them to go see these older tour players. And these older tour players are willing to give information. And it's the same thing in every business. I'm sure if you go find the mentors or the guys that have done it for years in whatever industry or business it is, most people would be willing to help you if you just ask. And, oh, yeah. and I try to get my tour guys to go talk to a Jack Nicholas, Go spend time with the Lee Trevino. These guys aren't going to be here forever. And I'm going to tell you that the things that they can give you, I, I know, you know, to throw another Nicholas one at you, Jack Nicholas never led a stat on the PGA Tour. He was never the longest driver. He was a horrible chipper, god-awful bunker player. But all Jack Nicholas did was win golf tournaments. And on 18, for my life, you know, I would still right now – at, you know, I think Jack's 75, 78 now, I would still have him put that six-footer for my life over just about anybody. And Jack was very simplistic in how he approached the game. And he always said this, which, and I try to follow this every time I play around the golf. The game of golf is nothing more than emotions and adjustments. And the guy that can control his emotions and make the correct adjustments is the guy that's always going to beat you. That's what he always would say. Wow. And that's exactly, and I think that's true in business as well, is that you have to, you have to always be adjusting. That doesn't mean you got to reinvent the wheel. That's not changing golf swings, and that's not, you know, going, thinking 15 different positions when you're playing the game of golf, and I don't think you have to do that in business, but you do have to make small adjustments, just like 
weather is a factor in golf. I mean, in, in golf, you're playing over 7,000 yards of real estate with, with rolling mounds and different conditions and different grass types, and, and the weather plays a factor, and everything is always changing. And the guy that can adjust to that and not let his emotions get the best of him for four days is what wins golf tournaments. It's not necessarily the best player. Because I'll tell you too, Lawson, this is what I tell the young guys. What they don't realize is that the best of the best on the PGA Tour, the guys that are at the top of the game, the, the Roy McElroys, the, the Brooks Kafkas, the Dustin Johnsons, those guys are only 3% better, statistically, only 3% better than the guy that's at the very bottom, let's say 150 on the money list or 175. They're only 3% better, and typically that's between the years. It's all a mind thing. Wow. Yeah, that's that's crazy to think about because, you know, everyone, like you said way back in the conversation is all, all my generation, you know, wants the best results. They want them now instantly and going back and adjusting what you can get. And 3% difference is insane because that's not that much, you know, when you think about all these professional players in general. So Randy, what do you do? Um, So I know it's like the instant generation, right? I mean, Lawson's generation, you know, grow up with instantly connect with someone, you know, instant popcorn, instant, show on the TV, instant, I uh, have my product the next day when I order from Amazon, sometimes the same day, right? I mean, that's, that's what they're used to. How, what do you do from a coaching side to adjust to that and help lead them? Are you having an honest conversation with them? Are you, what are you shifting? That's a great question. I, I do. I have a very honest conversation with them about the, the first question I ask, especially the good players, the tour players and, and, and the guys that really, and, and you don't even really have to be a good player when you come to me. If you just want to get better, one of the first questions I'm going to ask you is why you play the game of golf. And, and I get varying answers. Well, it's fun. I enjoy being outside, whatever. But I, I get the word, it's a challenge a lot. And if it's a challenge, you should never get pissed off if you hit a bad shot. But yet I see people do that all the time. And, they, and they, these players expect to hit the ball as well as a tour player because that's what they see on television. Another thing, I, the conversations I have with them when first is, is I ask them, well, can you can you throw a, can you throw a 90 mile an hour fastball? Well, no. Can you kick a football 40 yards? No. Well, then what makes you think you're going to hit a golf ball as good as a tour player? The second lesson, it's not going to happen. They see that on television and they're like, man, I want to do that. Well. Yeah, but you don't realize the amount of time it takes to do that. Now, although the techniques are very simple and you can become much better much quicker than you think, based on how instruction is going these days, I think it's much easier than people make it. But I will say that they, they have to realize that there's so many facets to this game that you have to learn and, and that tour players don't always hit it good. Trust me, if you got with me on tour, especially Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and you start seeing guys on tour and – and you're watching these guys hit shots, you're like, oh, good Lord, they, they hit it as bad as anybody, and they do. So it's not that difficult to get players to hit it much, much better, but what's amazing is, to your point, Rich, they want that instant gratification, but you have to kind of let the game come to you. And I use that term a lot. I don't want you to try to go make a score and go try to shoot a low score. I want you to let the game come to you. When I do that, they immediately take a lot of pressure off their self. Don't put the pressure on yourself to perform. Allow it to come to you. You can only control what you can control. When that golf ball, when, when, when you strike the ball, once the ball leaves the club face, technically you don't have any control over it anymore. The wind can take it. If it hits the ground, one day it might kick out of bounds. The next day it can kick into the hole. That's the beauty of golf. That's why 
you'll see a tour player shoot 64 one day and 74 the next. Well, he didn't forget how to play overnight. That's the game, and you have to be okay with that. And, it, and it's so much like life. You're going to have these ups and downs. It's going to happen, but it's how you handle that. And how do you, how do you get up from that the next day? All right, so, so you shot the 74. Well, how are you going to recover from that? What are you going to do? You don't need to go reinvent it on the driving range after the round and say, God, I completely forgot how to swing golf club. No, look at, look at what you've got to do. Can I think better? Can I manage what I've got better? Because typically when you shoot those high scores, you're not managing your way around the course very well. So that's great, Randy. I love it. I mean, all these principles that you never think about golf as being, uh, uh, I, I didn't at least, you've opened my eyes up significantly around the mindset of, and the thinking that applies to it and how important that is and back to the basics. So I know you have some really cool golden nuggets around for those golfers that are listening in on this. When you talk about, you know, the basics of into the green on the green and, and then just kind of the overall, and maybe you can hit those just in the last minute or two, just real quick. And then if people want to get a hold of you, the best way to connect with you would be great too. Right. No, it's, I, I have a thing, and, I, and I'll tell you where I got this, is I got this from, I started doing some stuff with PJ Tour Radio and, and teach a couple of those guys, and so I was hanging out with them on the weekends after I'd be at the tour events the per- first part of the week with my guys. I would kind of hang out with the PJ Tour Radio guys, and, you know, they're calling the play-by-play, and so they're with the last group. So I would go out with them a couple of times, and I would kind of pay attention to what the leaders were doing compared to what everybody else in the field was doing. And I started making notes of what these guys would do. And as I started making notes, every week they would be the same thing. And over a number of weeks, I came up with 10 things, basically what I call my keys to winning on tour, that all great players do. And anybody can follow this. You could be a 90 shooter or you could be a 75 shooter or a tour player. They all fit. Basically what you have to do is you never want any penalty strokes. So whatever you do, avoid trouble. So if that means hitting a seven iron off the tee to keep from hitting an out of bounds, we'll do that. If it takes you three to get there, you're still making a five, let's say, instead of an eight. So you never get it in, never hit it into trouble. Know which side of the tee the trouble's on. If you've got trouble down the right, then tee off on the right-hand side of the hole and kind of aim away from it. You're playing angles. It's a lot like playing pool. You never want a three-putt, which is easy enough to do. Putting is very simple. It's just rolling a ball, and there's some techniques to that. That make it really simple. But if you never three putt, you're not going to shoot high scores. Yeah, I was just going to jump in there because I know, in fact, if anyone wants to get a copy of this, I know I have it. And, I, and I, I'm watching this list a lot more now than I ever used to because yeah, right. simple things. Right. So maybe um, if someone wants to get that just in wrapping up of if, if they wanted to get access to that and, and you can maybe email it to them or something, if they contact you, what would be the best way to, to reach out to you? Yeah, if they wanted to get that or, or have a conversation with me, uh, the easiest way to get in touch with me is just uh, through my email, which is randy at randyjoinergolf.com. Hmm. Excellent. Wow. Perfect. Thank you so much, Randy. Uh, invaluable information, both golfers, leaders, uh, Gen Y, Gen Xers, millenniums, uh, bridging these gaps and helping us to understand. Anything closing Lawson from your side? All good over here. Excellent. Perfect. All right, Randy, Randy. Thanks so much. I look forward to my lesson. <laughs> Thank you, Randy. Yeah, thanks. I'll see you in a bit. You got it. Thanks, bud. Bye. Bye. So on today's podcast with Randy Joyner, we focused on knowing the basics, modeling success, controlling your emotions, and making adjustments. 
that you can be 3% better between your ears and in your mind. Set realistic expectations. Let the game come to you and you can only control three things, your effort, attitude, and your actions. Simplify and trust your intuition. Thank you guys again for listening to 20 Going On 50. Please feel free to reach out to us with any questions, comments, concerns. And as always, don't forget to like, subscribe, share, and anything else with your friends and family.